Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. News team, assemble! And bigger than ever, it's the unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com. Now, here's the entire Soonerscoop crew, Carrie, Josh, Eddie, and Bob. All right, we are back for another edition of the unofficial 40 podcast brought to you by Soonerscoop.com. And the entire gang is here. It's been a huge week of travel for our own Josh McQuistian. He's been out to California, two different places, and the uh, rivals Dallas camp, and now he's back home. Uh, no doubt tackled by his family. Josh, was it the best feeling that you've ever had as a father coming home after being gone for four days? I, I can't lie. It was like one of the really bad Folgers commercials, like waiting for like to come home. That's what was happening in my head. The problem was we ordered food um, when I landed, and I was like, I'll stop by and pick it up. It's right on the way home. It took me an hour hour to get my food i oh, sat in this man. restaurant for 40 minutes and tiffany's what? like just leave it and i had already paid it was a whole thing and I mean, they were they were super name apologetic names. name names josh but, you gotta name names who who f-ed you over i mean they straight up they lost your order is what they did yeah there's no yeah like there's no 100 i i told tiffany i go at one point they came over and they're like what because it's all connected to your phone number and they said well what's your phone number again and i give it to them and they they go back in the back, and I see them like kind of come back, and they're trying really hard not to look at me, and they're doing a pretty good job of it. But I like the body language is like, yeah, we screwed this guy over. We got we got to fix this fast. And then they they gave me like fifty percent off my next order or something. They were really apologetic, but I literally I waited for twenty minutes because that's about how long it takes. It's the it's it's Chinese food. I mean, we all know it's about fifteen twenty minutes is what they all tell you. Wow. So I waited 20, and then I went in the restaurant. I, part of it is they did. They got slammed all of a sudden. Like There were probably 10 to 12 people standing there waiting for their takeout orders when I walked in. So they just got hit all at once. So that's some of it, but that, I mean, it's an hour, and it's Chinese food. Like it, it's, it's quick. I think there has to be some kind of straight-up like rule if you wait more than like a domino 25 minutes it's okay that you can go back and say you know what i don't want this anymore i need to go somewhere or you just say how long is it going to be and this is going to be free when you finally give it to me yeah that's that's what i was going to say like if it's longer than 30 minutes like food's free like you know like that that should be the the method there that happened to me it was christmas eve two or three years ago i can't remember and the only place that was open that it was interesting to me was little caesar's and so it's like you order on the app and they have the oven, you know, and you just go in and pick it up. And so. Oh, I'm, yeah. They do the, like the no contact, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so I went in like 20 minutes after I ordered it because it said my order was ready. And I literally and this is like in the worst part. It's where all the homeless people hang out and the bums are there. Uh, so it's you want to get in and out. And I sat I in there. This, this was before COVID. Uh, so thankfully. But 
uh, I sat in there for an hour, and and it's like you said, you get caught. I know, how, I know the feeling, Josh. Like you're caught, and you're like, it's been thirty damn minutes, and you're like, I'm. You get like you start hate waiting. You're like, I'm going to get this fucking food. Like, <laughs> they are going to give this to me. It's got. It can't take more than five more minutes, and then. 20 minutes later, you're like, it can't take more than five more minutes. And it's like, you can't stop yourself from just walking out. It reminds me of like, sometimes I'll be, I, I, I read a lot of books or I listen to a lot of audio books and I'm driving and traveling and stuff. And I'll be listening to it. I'm like, this is awful. This is so shitty, but it'll be really well reviewed. And I'm like, okay, I got to get to the end. Like surely it's going to pay off. And every single time it is terrible. It's just bad. And I knew it halfway through and I should have just walked the hell out. And now I will say I've got a good little uh, Chinese place. So the food was good when it finally came, but it was like, I, I Eddie, showed you know up. What and I this is? I, you know what this is, Eddie? What? This is in and out karma for Josh McQuestion. No, this is, that is what it is for bringing, bringing the bad name to it. Uh, and I, I don't want it to be like, I don't think that see, okay. So my this official is, like, uh, take on fast food burgers. They're all fast food burgers. I don't think one do is better to, than yeah, the why other. Why do you have to? It's just like pizza. Like, why do you have to hate on pizza? Like, all pizza is pretty good. Yeah, I mean, agreed. even the shitty pizza that you get frozen is like, I'll eat a DiGiorno anytime. Well, I won't, but I'll eat a Tombstone. I mean, you put pizza above, in front of me. I'm above the uh, warm up pizza, the oven pizza. You look like a person that is above things. I absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. I love DiGiorno. Uh, I think I ate it so much when I was growing up that I just like I kind of slowly phased out of it. Yeah, I had to switch to the stuffed cheese. Like I can't just eat the regular rising DiGiorno anymore. Yeah. I ate too much of that, which is really stupid because they're very expensive. Like DiGiornos are. Yeah, for Ooh, frozen yes. pizza they are. Yeah, uh -huh. like fifteen bucks. Like, no, like eight or nine bucks. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, fifteen bucks if you go to like an OnCue. I haven't been to a store in like three. Have years. you noticed how much OnCue marks up their frozen shit? It's ridiculous. Never. That's another thing that I don't do. I don't normally eat food from uh, gas stations. You don't like roller dogs? Not really. Tornadoes. Oh, I'm, I'm, with, Eddie. I'm with Eddie on this. Yeah, yeah, I don't. I mean, sometimes you can find some good food at a gas station, but it has to be like the. They're known to for me, something. To me, I treat gas station food like a roller coaster or a horror ride. I'm always in for tuna fish salad from a gas station. That just oh, sounds like that would God. be the worst decision of all time. It is. It's a terrible decision, I mean, but it's a Russian roulette of bad food I choices. I think I'd rather go through like chemotherapy for a month before I do <laughs> Don't that. Don't say that. <laughs> Carrie's, like, Carrie's like Ron Burgundy drinking milk in the sun. He's like, I immediately regret this decision. Oh. There have been mornings where I've had to sit out the radio show for a segment or two because well, yeah i was just dying on the inside oh, oh god that is but no i'm telling you it is weird like it's like a pregnancy thing i think it's like i love tuna fish sandwiches from gas stations and so disgusting and oh. lays dill pickle chips like it's nope. it's a magical combination for me. Now oh. the only exception I will make is I will get a sandwich from Bucky's. Like here, the the big oh, Bucky's isn't a, that's not a gas Bucky's station. Bucky's is damn near a restaurant. Yeah, like, yeah I mean, like, Bucky's it, it isn't really a gas is. station. Like they have they have um, actual food that you can buy. Like their barbecue sandwiches food not bad in front of you. Yeah, I mean, yep. Well, Quick Trip does that too. They I mean, make jerky on hand, like, and it's ridiculously good. It's so. closer to uh, Bucky's than it is to like. Something else. Quick trip. You Quick mean? trip. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I I I was talking to Rob Cassidy about this a while back because we were comparing gas stations from areas we've been to. You know, Wawa's in Florida and and on the East Coast and that kind of stuff. 
And he was, and I started kind of going over. I'm like, yeah, but it doesn't do this. It doesn't. He goes, how big is this place? And I started thinking about it. It's like the WalMarts like that we grew up with, like the small before they became super centers, like when they were just kind of a normal, you know, like I'm sure in Duncan, like the Duncan Walmart was about the size of what a Bucky's is now. Like yeah. it's just that damn big. Because I mean, you can go in there and buy like. Nice clothes, like like nice, like fishing. You know, I'm gonna be by the water kind of shirt. Like you can, you can buy nice buy stuff in f-ing furniture and Bucky's. I mean, it's ridiculous. Yes, <laughs> yes. God, it's almost overwhelming. It's like I don't much. like going yeah. inside. No, it's very too often. much. And the tra- it's not worth it with the traffic outside. I've never See, been to a Wawa. I don't think I've been I have that one far just else. down the road from me. Yeah. Oh, they the have Wawa. them in Houston. No, they. The only time I've ever encountered them is in Florida, and oh, I literally okay. made a point. When I went to see Mario Williams, when I was dri- well, Mario and Danny, when I was driving home from Danny's game that Friday night, I was like, I've got to go see a Wawa. I just want to see what it's about. Like, you, this is the shit that happens when you travel like a lot. You 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 take value in a fucking convenience store, well, and see, you want to see what it's like. And that's why this week was so hurtful uh, to Eddie and I because <laughs> look, our entire relationship. The reason Eddie and I get along. This is like talking about being newlyweds together for us. Uh, the the one thing that we in, bonded over was that when we would go to the West Coast, either Arizona or you know L.A. wherever. I think it's like the most Oklahoma thing to do. You have to stop at the In and Out. And I had it the first time at the Holiday Bowl in 2005. There was yeah. one right across from my my hotel, uh, and it was the first time I ever went there. And all you knew about it, in like 2005, was well, that's where all the you know the Hollywood starlets go to get their late night food and like i want to check this out and see what it's all about and this is way before it was ever in oklahoma or in, in texas uh and so eddie and i would we'd go like almost every day yeah we went quite a bit in the first trip around or the first time around and i remember like you know it was something that you it was something that you shared that only other it was like a club that you would be in we we, we hit up the one in phoenix quite a bit yeah. too over yeah. in uh, the fiesta bowl Yes. Yeah. I mean, the one in Phoenix, we went to a bunch, but like we loved going to in and out like that was our favorite thing. It's I good. mean, it, and it allowed us to like live basically together in harmony other than when he was puking in my car. Well, that's uh, because <laughs> me and John Shin drank like three bottles of tequila on New Year's in the uh, hospitality room at the uh, Camelback. And for some reason that morning, I'm like, you're drinking uh, Misty Mountain Blueberry uh, Powerade. Just you're just dehydrated to no end, and you're just guzzling bottles. It's legitimately the most hungover I've ever been. And I, I, I knew when you were drinking that there's a chance gonna that this die. is gonna. Come I almost up in died. My car. I almost did. died. I literally almost died that day. Was that the Sam Bradford, West Virginia? No, that's when uh, that was uh, that was the UConn, Iowa game, or Iowa. Yeah. Oh, that was the, the insight. Bullet. Sam wasn't the yeah, it wasn't Fiesta. I do remember laying in bed watching Sam play for the Rams in that wild card game against Seattle that Sunday night. Though it got flexed out, I, I think to the Sunday night game, or it might have it might not have been a wild card. It might have been they had to win to get into the playoffs. We basically have, and Bob has been added. We have a holy trinity of road uh, destinations: In and Out, uh, Buffalo Wild Wings, and Chili's. Boston Market used to be on the short Boston list. Boston Market. It's up God, there. That's what I think of when I think of you two. I think of Boston Market every time. Because I've never stepped foot in one, and you two labeled that. It is good, though. You two can wax poetic about Boston thing, Market's menus. The thing was, our, our hotel that we always get in Las Colinas is right across the street from a Boston Market. Right. It used to be. I think that thing closed now. I could see that. 
See, now, I, I do want to say, in defense of your In-N-Out burger love, A, I have a huge problem with the fries. Like that, that That's a, almost a non-starter for me. I get the it, bigger but I issue, mean, fries though, are fries. I mean, who has great fries? Tell me who, like, McDonald's has the best fries. McDonald's yeah. has great fries, legitimately great fries. has never had good fries. I, I, I Wendy's can't tell you the last time I made a Burger fries. King. Yeah. Nobody I, does fries. If I get a fast food burger, I almost invariably go to Sonic and I get tater tots. Because well, I don't like their fries either. Anarchy like. anyways. See, I think yeah. Sonic has the worst of all the burgers. Oh, no. no. It's been so long since I've eaten I, at Sonic. See, that's the way I feel about almost everything else. Like, I don't eat McDonald's, about, I don't eat Burger about, King, about, I don't go to any of those places. We've all been to Culver's together. What would you think of Culver's? Culver's is pretty good, and there's one actually now in North Houston. Um, Carrie, you know, w- whenever you're forced to come down and reset up my equipment, there, there's a stop for you, buddy. There's a Culver's up there. So I ain't going to no um, Culver's when El Tiempo is in town. Oh, fair enough. I, that's the better choice. And that, that was the other side of what I was going to say. I have been shamed by other recruiting media that I don't stop and eat at all the little hole-in-the-wall cool places. They're like, oh, you were in East Texas. Did you go by Tom's little shack with four <laughs> tables? And I'm like, no, I, I stopped somewhere and just kept moving. Like, I no, because I, like, I, I, am, I am all about point A you, to point B. I want to do that as quickly hit, as possible. You didn't hit Absolutely. Jason's oink stand? Exactly. Like, And so, I'm, so I have made a pact with myself that I'm going to try to do more local stuff. So when I was out there, I went to like Gus's chicken, the uh, Gus's famous chicken place. There's one in Fort Worth, um, by the way. Oh, what? A Gus's? Yeah. yeah. I didn't know that. It's really okay. good. It's really good. It, it was. It was great. Like, and I ordered like way too much because I was like, I want to try a little bit of everything. And I was like, this is entirely too much food. But the chicken was great. Did you get the mac and um, cheese? The mac and cheese is fantastic. I did. I did. I like that. That was, and I think, was it the one that, does it have there? I, I got no, no. It was a different place. I got mac and cheese at a different place that I didn't like at all. They had crumbled like Fritos on top of it, and I was like, nope, that that's a no for me. Yeah, it, it was too much. It was too salty. Uh, but yeah, so I've been trying to try new stuff, and that was part of it too. I was like, I've had In and Out. I want to go to do something different. If I, if I hadn't had it before, I absolutely would have gone. Matt Step and Mike Roach are like encyclopedias of barbecue <laughs> in the state of texas i actually want to take a amazing. tour i want to take a tour with one of them someday I, I i live in houston they're like you haven't been to pinkertons at least 12 times i'm like i don't even know where it is i will say and the, they are the, the pictures of pinkertons it, you're missing it, out yes yes i need to go well, i will make that a point that to happen when i come down yeah yeah that's that is supposed to be righteously good barbecue so, uh, travel talk got us here. Um, Eddie's showing me a picture of Pinkerton's. That looks good. I mean, barbecue's another thing. The, like, there's a difference in really good barbecue and bad barbecue, well, segueing into Lincoln Riley. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we still haven't been able to talk to him yet. We will talk to him tomorrow. Who has the guts to ask him about it will be the thing. I guess I would be expected to ask him about it. Does it? Well, how do you phrase it? Like, do you use a knife with your brisket, Lincoln, or can you cut it with a fork? I don't. I don't. I think you have to leave it open ended. You don't want to be too judgmental because I don't want to get blocked on Twitter. <laughs> that would never happen with an OU coaching staff member. <laughs> <laughs> um, so hard to get un, un, unblocked. So, uh, I mean. Let's talk about your trip first, Josh, uh, before sure. we get into uh, OU football proper. But 
you went out and you saw Smash Williams, uh, and uh, then you went up and saw Tyreek Hill. <laughs> uh, for those that don't know, Kerry quite succinctly compared um, Makai Lemon to Smash Williams from Friday Night Lights, and he's not wrong. Like, it's a there is absolutely, yeah, there there is some comparison, and. It, it didn't occur to me in real time, but as soon as he said, I was like, yeah, a lot of that. So, uh, yeah, so we talked about it a little bit on the board. I know the guys kind of know the story, so, uh, but the trip got off to an auspicious start. And I show up to uh, Huntington Beach High School, which is where the game is happening between Los Alamitos and Fountain Valley. And I am told that I would be on the list. I was covered. We had checked it again. Adam and Gorney and I had worked on it together. I get there, and they're like, you're not on the list. And California is still at a very, very heightened state of alert. And I didn't think I was going to get in. So I'm sitting there watching through this metal fence the Los Alamitos. I'm watching Malachi Nelson. I'm watching Mikhail Lemon. I'm just watching them warm up. I could be out there, and like, it's this gorgeous, picturesque, sunny day. There's palm trees everywhere. It would have been just one great picture after another. And I'm like, I'm getting nothing. I'm getting nothing. And then the, the, I see him go back in the locker room. I'm like, well, okay. I've got 20 minutes. I've talked to the principal of the school, and or vice principal, and she's supposed to be, she's contacted the athletic director of Los Alamitos, and he's going to be there to help me any minute. Well, like 40 minutes go by, and he hasn't shown up. The game kicks off, and he hasn't shown up. Finally, it's 14 nothing Los Alamitos, and he comes over, and is like, oh, yeah, he's fine. We couldn't have done that over the phone. Like, I thought he needed to talk to me, had some questions. There was none of that. Um, Jeez. It, it was a little frustrating, and I'm like, I, and it was one of those things where all that had gone wrong, you know, the audio stuff with the Gilliam trip, all that stuff. I'm like, this isn't my fault. I didn't do this. I, I did everything I could do, but it's just a series of events. But I get in, and you know, I put it up on the board in the live thread. Immediately, they throw a little swing pass to my Kai Lemon, and I'm like, he's not running. I'm watching him on the camera. I'm like, what, what's he doing? All of a sudden, you see him wind up, and he throws a ball, and Malachi Nelson catches a touchdown pass literally 10 feet away from me. Well, no, not literally. That, that would have me in the end zone. But it was very close, and um, from there, it was it was great. I mean, Makai uh, Lemon returned a punt for touchdown. Uh, Nelson, you know, I was talking to Adam Gorney about it uh, at, in Dallas. We ran into each other at the Rivals camp, and, you know, we'll get to that. But um, it reminds me of Spencer Rattler. The way the ball comes out of his hand, it's different. Like, it just pops. The, the way – and he's so – I mean, and the scary part is, you know, Eddie – his body reminds me a lot of Sam when Sam was that young, like sure. super long armed and lean, and and you're like his arm is going to get so much bigger as he starts to fill out. Like it's he he's I mean, and you know people get too crazy about arm strength, but that will never be a problem for him. Like he he has a lot of natural velocity, and talking to people around there, I mean. There is a lot of cause for confidence for Oklahoma fans with the number two overall player in the 2023 class and number one quarterback. So off to a great start. And with Makai Lemon, you know, Nelson pretty much told me in the interview, and I think we've got it up on the front page, that, you know, 
the second he commits, he will be all over Makai Lemon, and he expects Makai Lemon to come with him wherever he's going to go. So I, you know, o- Oklahoma could be in very good shape for two of the you know top ten, fifteen players in the state of California. Now is he's the guy in that class for Oklahoma? Nelson? Yes. Oh, absolutely. Okay. I mean, there's there's no question. They haven't made any other offers. I, you know, there's no question. I think that they would be just as interested in Arch Manning if he was interested. But that's such a convoluted mess to get through with, you know, all the the different people involved and his connections to the SEC. It's just it's hard for me to see him going anywhere that isn't basically Ole Miss or LSU. And Arch is not Peyton or Eli's son. He's uh, their Cooper. brother, Cooper's son. He's Cooper's yeah. son, yeah. Yeah. So, um, and, you know, and is outstanding. There's, I, I, you could make a case for he or Nelson. But Oklahoma went on Nelson early, has never wavered. And just talking to him, watching, you know, going back and watching the interview afterward, uh, it'd be real. I, Clemson's a threat. Clemson's the one school that I would say – if somebody could make a run, it's them. But I, it would be a pretty big upset at this point in time. That'd be wild for Clemson to go back to the West Coast to get another quarterback. Yeah, yep. With with DJ, I mean, that's like I said, it, 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 it's interesting if this is going to become OU's policy. You know, I mean, if you can do it where you get the number one quarterback in the country every other year, cool, man. No, no problem. You can make that work. Find a guy like they did this year, uh, you know, transfer in, have that, you know, quality quarterback that can take snaps for you in practice, provide competition, do all that stuff. But I mean, that year you miss, ooh, that, that, that could get real scary real fast. I mean, OU has produced three starting quarterbacks currently in the NFL. So that was one of the first things that he brought up with Josh during the interview. Yeah. Yep. It's like, how could you argue against what they're putting out right now? I mean, Trevor is the first guy for Clemson for them to really, you know, beat their chest no, about. Deshaun Watson. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Deshaun. I mean, they're not beating their chest well, these days. They're not mentioning him. I think uh-huh. he's on some recruiting yep. flyers right now. <laughs> yes, I'm wondering, like, are they taking all the banners of him down? Like, mm-hmm. They've got them all lowered to half mass. Not at Clemson, they won't. Yeah, Dabo will claim that he's born again after he comes mm-hmm. back to campus for the spring game. Yeah, There you go. So, uh, so then you go to see uh, Relique Brown uh, in modern mm-hmm. day, and uh, tell us about that trip. Yeah, uh, uh, no, no crazy highlights. I, I knew the right people to talk to. We rolled right in. Other than uh, there's a parking garage issue, but we won't get into the travels of Josh. We'll try to skip some of that. Um, you didn't know how to park yeah. a regular car. You didn't have the F three fifty. <laughs> yeah, I was like, my car just fits perfectly into this space. Can I take two of these? <laughs> um, but no, I uh, I get there. At the crazy thing about modern day, and it's just it's tough for people that haven't seen these kind of programs. The not you know like Jinx and Union are great, and I and I love both those programs. D one guys every year, but you're talking about each year three or four OU caliber guys on your roster. I mean that that's. That's insane. That, that just no one does that. So you walk out and you're just like that dude. I don't know who that guy is, but he's a Division One player. I don't know who that guy is, but he's. A, I mean, and it's just one guy after another. And the weirdest thing about it is, as I start taking some pictures, because anytime I go, I'll I'll shoot video or pic or not video, but pictures of of anybody. You know, 
for the or, a kid that's committed to Oregon or a kid that's committed to Texas or whatever, you know, and, and help rivals those. But it was a weird sensation. I was like, who the hell is going to use these? Like, it's over. Those guys have signed. They're not putting stuff up on their front page trying to, you know, get some attention for their site. Like, that, they're not writing stories about that guy anymore. So that was a weird sensation. But to Relique Brown, it's it's crazy. The kid doesn't start for modern day right now, and I understand <laughs> why. It's not about him not being good enough, but there's just a senior running back that is going to, I believe, Air Force. Um, that is a good player in front of him. But, man, you could tell the difference instantly when he got on the field. His first carry, he goes off left tackle. I thought he was going to break it. And then they end up basically a good Santa Margarita team basically just in, has four guys like around him like just slowly closed down like they're like don't move too fast we're gonna it's like a it was like trying to cage like a wild animal like they're like we've, we've got him don't go too fast everybody at the same speed because they knew if somebody got aggressive he would bounce around him and then he'd be gone again like it was it, it was crazy just watching how quick he is and i you know you guys had seen him i never had and getting a feel for his speed i Eddie and I were talking about, you know, because Eddie had seen the highlights when I ran into him in Dallas on Sunday. Watching that highlight where he scores the touchdown off the left side, I'm so tight in on him on camera, I can't really appreciate how fast he's moving until all of a sudden other guys start coming into the picture as he's near the end zone, and they're 20 yards behind him. And you're like, what just happened? And, it, it, it I mean, the guy's acceleration is just it's not normal it's it's crazy now at the same time getting to see him in person i now have a better feel for what kind of size we're talking about this is a guy that is five seven and some change maybe five eight on a good day you know it, it's yeah, he's, small. he's little but uh, you know again with the way oklahoma's talking about using him and he talked about it in the interview you know they want to use him as a as a receiver as a return man they're going to do a lot of different stuff with him it's it's hard, you know. If you're an OU fan, I could completely get the level of excitement. This is the guy that can, literally, on any play that he has the ball, you're going to hold your breath and think he could score. It's just different type of speed. I mean, it, it's like okay, that's that's what everybody's interested in. There's, I mean, there's yeah. two types of of speed in my book. There is what you see out of a Relique uh, Brown, and then there's what you see out of like an Adrian Peterson, where it's just a massive human being that runs by you they and can also run that fast he yeah and he moves air like nothing you've ever seen before like it's just it's like adrian peterson the first day of practice having him run by us on the sideline still to this day one of the but just running past us one of the most impressive athletic feats i've ever seen uh, was it him that tweeted out that video of the the play and I'll, I'll never get past that one. The run he made against Oklahoma State, where he comes out of that spin move, and in like two two steps, he's at full speed. Yes, that's uh, a ridiculous that, run. That that run it, doesn't I mean, get enough love. That the ability to accelerate because that was a good Oklahoma State team with a lot of speed in the secondary, and he just he dusted them. He left them behind. It's probably because everybody was still outside of uh, Boom Pickens Stadium drinking. It wasn't it like the first play out of halftime. Pretty sure it was Something first like first that. possession. But you're right. The, it was like walking up the stairs to my seat as it happened. He spun and maintained, you know, speed. It was ridiculous. And that he was so strong that no one slowed him down. Because he was running, he was spinning through arm tackles at the time. 
All right, so uh, yeah, I'm glad you got to see Relique Brown. Uh, he is really impressive to see in person, uh, and, and I do. I mean, I just think he's. I don't know what type of forty time he runs. I mean, does he run track in high school? Not, <laughs> excuse me, not to my knowledge. And I'm guessing it's largely because he just doesn't. You know, like he spends so much time with his trainers and that kind of stuff yeah. that I just don't think he messes with it much. But I mean, he does to me. You would use him like the Chiefs use Tyreek Hill. I mean, that's that's what I envision for him, just with his size and everything and his speed. Oh, yeah. I think there is absolutely, you know, and it's funny because, I mean, like he'll, he'll talk about, you know, being um, liking comparisons to guys like Reggie Bush and stuff like that. And you're like, eh. You know, I mean, I get like you could – you have some similar skills – but for you to get the most out of your ability, you're going to have to be used a little differently than that. You don't need to run between the tackles 15 times a game. That that's not going to be where you you make the best of your life. So uh, that'll be interesting to kind of see how he navigates that. But he seems he seems open to it. I'm going to have some stuff in the scoop this week. Uh, I talked to some USC insiders, kind of about how USC was feeling about that situation, and I. I, I I came away, I kind of thought they were going to give me a feeling like this is going to come down to the wire, and it, that's not what I got. It, it was a little it was a little different than that, and I think I came away a little more confident in Oklahoma's chances than maybe I had been before. It did seem positive just in that it seems like the communication lines between Relique Brown and Oklahoma are obviously very good. Like It seems like they talk quite a bit. Yeah, it, it was, I mean, kind of to summarize like i said i don't want to take too much away from the scoop but it was it was definitely kind of a there's the official visit and then you know anything could happen like it it wasn't like this is the plan and this is what we're gonna do and you know i I was talking to somebody and they were like i don't really care what usc does this year it's it's helton or lincoln riley like that's not that hard of a decision um and so like it, it, it was interesting it wasn't exactly what i expected to get from it though again usc's not going away they're going to try to make this interesting and should be pretty good this year with a you know with a guy that if there's anybody that is more likely to be the number one overall pick than spencer radler i think it's probably keaton slovis maybe i don't know maybe lincoln can do some things to kind of uh feature mario williams to be like hey relic this is what you're going to do because i was trying to think of like it's been a while since lincoln's had you know that type that kind of toy at receiver i mean mm-hmm. uh you know he had he used marquise brown and his speed uh and you know he and baker figured it out and he got remember he was halfway through the season before he really became a huge factor uh and but, I mean, they had CeeDee Lamb, and then, you know, they tried to do the same thing with Charleston Rambo last year. It just didn't work. Uh, and they haven't really developed that, you know, and Braden Willis got hurt. I think he could have been a kind of a special weapon. But that was the thing. With, with Rattler being young, Lincoln kind of had to take a step back of being kind of the mad scientist uh, of offense a year ago because they couldn't run the ball either, effectively. So... If Mario Williams really is what we're hearing, like that's going to be a nice piece for Lincoln to mess around with to kind of show Relique Brown, hey, this is what you're coming to. Well, and, and Brown <laughs> Brown announced an official visit for Nebraska weekend, so he should have a lot of chances to see just what that offense can do. 
Yeah, and, and and he, I mean, for people that, like I said, would say, oh, we'd like to have him for the barbecue, he's coming for the barbecue. He talked about it in the interview. He's going to come out on his own dime for the barbecue and then come back for his official for the Nebraska game, which, you know, Bob, and you can correct me if, you're wrong, if I'm wrong on this, but my feeling, just watching what kids are saying and what they're kind of setting up, that seems like the weekend OU starting to circle as a big, big weekend. Like it seems like if you don't, if you're not going to be official for the barbecue, we want you here for Nebraska. That that seems to be what I'm I'm watching happening. Yeah, and that's sort of the trend in, re- in recruiting the last few years is to get that big non-conference game. You load up there because, face it, by November, like when the real big conference get, home home games are happening, most of your class is decided, and you're not really yep. looking to try to bring in or lure in uh, anybody else at that juncture. So it's become the barbecue and that first big home game in September, whichever one you decide it is, and those end up being the two big weekends that's starting to set up what the rest of your class is going to look like. You know what's interesting about that Nebraska game is ESPN and Fox are kind of like when you have buddies that share season tickets. Uh, like you have like a lottery at the beginning of the season or not a lottery, but like you decide what games you want and, you know, I want this series or I want, you know, I want the Lakers game at home or I want, you know, I want to, I want my favorite teams, the Sixers. So I, if the Sixers are coming to Oklahoma city, I want to see them like ESPN and Fox kind of do the same thing with games. And I was told ESPN has priority over Fox this year when other times it's reversed so they'll take i think espn will take ou texas as their first choice uh and i'm not sure if that means fox will take uh ou nebraska and the reason i'm bringing this up is because you want to avoid that 11 a.m start um but i think fox will probably end up with ou nebraska this year which could dick ou over Big noon kickoff, yep. It's all going to be at 11 a.m. or noon anyways. I think people are used to it. Maybe maybe they could figure out a way to get a night game. I don't know what the schedule looks like that weekend. What would that be, 17th? September 17th? Mm-hmm. That's a lot of, of way-looking-ahead kind of stuff. Sure. But, uh, okay, so Rivals Camp Dallas. Uh, Bob, let's start with you because Josh is dominating this. B, um, <laughs> what were your impressions? Uh, what did you take out most from uh, from the talent in Dallas? Liked seeing Chris McClellan, the defensive lineman from Owasso, go up against that offensive line group because I, we all sort of agreed the defensive line, you know, top to bottom, wasn't all that great. But when you've got Cam Dewberry and Kelvin Banks and Will Campbell and Jacob Sexton. You had a lot of tackles and linemen for McClellan to show what he could do, and he's on that level. I, you know, I don't know how far above or what his ceiling is beyond this, but that was a fantastic showing to let people know why all these the flood of offers that have come in for him in the last four to six weeks are legit and why OU should be pushing for him. As much as those defensive line numbers might end up being tight, if they get all their plan A guys, McClellan is someone that has to be in this mix some way, somehow. Now, did McClellan get a a five-star invite after that? Won the MVP. Okay. 
So uh, yeah, you win the MVP, you get the five star invite. Yeah, he was he was extremely good. I I've seen him now, I guess twice in the last month, and he's been incredible. Now, but he's I, I wanted to, for sure. Yes, I wanted to give it up to Rivals a little bit because that's a three star guy. That's not. I mean, in the position MVP doesn't always get um, the right. the invite. So I thought it was pretty good of Rivals to be like, okay, our rating's not where it needs to be. We're wrong on this kid. He's come in against a really good O-line group, done very well. We're, we're, we're good moving forward with this. Like, we, we need to have this guy here. Because there, there was, like, almost instantly the, the buzz kind of started when he showed up, and everybody's like, who is that kid? Because he's not just a good player that had a good day. He looked great. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, he's really starting to put it all together. Well, it, he, it he, really... looks, he looks the part, too, doesn't he, guys? Uh-huh. He, I think he came in at six four two ninety nine or something like that. So I mean, he he was right where you'd want him to be, not carrying a bunch of bad weight. I mean, you know, he, he's a high school kid. So I mean, the, the, you you're gonna see him get bigger and stronger, and you know, a little um, more impressive, obviously, as he gets older. But it's definitely not soft like I thought. Maybe at times that you could accuse him of in years past. Uh, well, uh, let's talk about Talon Shetron. I, we don't have to spell his name, so we're good there. Um, I can. I think all four of us can spell it. <laughs> Not going to give it up to rivals on that. Um, <laughs> but he was the uh, the wide receiver MVP. Uh, and Josh, I mean, I know. Not all the five-star rankings are out yet, but how confident are you that he is securing a five-star status? Um, if you mean by the end of the the right. cycle, I yeah. think it's I think it's a pretty good chance. I think he's moving in that direction. Uh, I, the the best way for him to do it is if Eddie and Bob can't go to any of his games. Like it, it, that's that's, that's gonna stop him. Does this count as a win for you too? You were both there and he, oh, and he performed fair. well and he was the MVP. Well, he's been good at camps. Uh, yeah. This is you know third camp I've seen him. He's been just fine. It's, How hilarious would it have been okay. if, like, quarterbacks, like, some quarterback had, like, a personal beef with Talon, like, I'm not throwing him the damn ball. Screw them. And then, like, it's somehow it's still Bob and Eddie just ruining his career. Oh, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean. <laughs> or just that he got matched up with the one kid that shouldn't have been there in the first place, and he just never could hit him when he was wide open. Guy just keeps throwing it into the dirt. Uh, but, no, I, I, I think Talon is absolutely pushing in that direction because – Guys, that's the other thing is every time I see him, he looks a little bigger. Like mm-hmm. he is starting to fill out and his frame's getting bigger. And, you know, I know there was an interview, uh, Woody Womack, our guy did, um, kind of comparing him to CD Lamb. He is so far ahead of where CD Lamb was at the same age physically. It's not even a contest. Like, I mean, it, it you know, CD was just God given natural talent playing football and talent has plenty of that, but CD Lamb, wasn't in the weight room the way you can tell Talon is like that there Look, you is put, you put CD Lamb up against Amari Cooper and one looks like a man and one still looks like a, a kid kind of like he's just yeah. not a huge he's cut and he got bigger last year yeah uh, or his last year in college but he's still just not naturally a large man I, I imagine CD's like the guy that can eat a pizza like by himself and doesn't like gain weight like I, I he must like his metabolism must just be off the charts because you know OU for three years was just stuffing him full of calories and it just wasn't taking um, really till his junior year that was the first time you're like okay you're starting to see a little yeah. something there um, but yeah 
So uh, I, I think Talon is pushing for five stars. He's in that conversation for top two or three receiver in the country. I mean, you know, I, obviously we've got Luther Burden also in his class at Oklahoma uh, way out in front right now. But I, I think Shetron, every time he's one of those guys that the momentum is building. Like every time he goes out, he puts out a good performance and it kind of increases him in everybody's eyes. So I, I, he had another good day, had a couple of drops. Um, and I think if there's anything I would say about Talon, just every once in a while you'll see that from him or just, you know, just mentally just doesn't quite, you know, uh, lose his focus, I guess you'd say. So like, he'll be fine. I don't think it's any big deal. It's just something where, you know, sometimes at a camp where he's just dominating, you'll see him drop one you know he wouldn't normally. Well, he had a little bit of a footing issue, too, on Saturday. I don't know what that was exactly, but... There was a lot of that going around. Bring one set of cleats and maybe got a field that needs to be yeah, replaced no or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a nice facility. I'd, it seemed like there were a lot of guys that were doing that, though. I, I, I saw it in the DB drills a lot when I was watching guys like Lorenzel DeBose and Kanishel Thomas and some of those guys. Well, Josh, uh, I mean, we kind of directed it since uh, we opened in Dallas, but just kind of... We gave Bob a chance to kind of give his you know overall thoughts. Was it, what else kind of just stood out to you about the Dallas camp? Um, you know, Bob's dead right. I mean, the Chris McClellan performance was outstanding, but I it was the offensive line group. I mean, I don't know when Texas is going to stop producing all these offensive linemen, but man, there's a lot of them. And you know, then this year you throw in Oklahoma. Cade McConnell was really solid. Jacob Sexton was outstanding. I. Kind of like what I was just saying about Talon. Every time I see Jacob, he's just a little better than the time I saw him before. He just seems to always get a little bit better and I, I think is becoming. And, you know, he does a lot of work with former OU offensive lineman J.R. Conrad uh, with their group. And I think you can see it. Like, he is a technically sound offensive lineman who is still filling out his frame, still getting bigger, still getting stronger. He carries his weight really well. I mean, there's just – I see a lot of growth still there for Jacob Sexton. But I don't – I think he is one of those guys – I wouldn't put him up on, like, Andrew Rame's level because Andrew Rame was almost a college offensive lineman from his understanding at the high school level. But like Rame and that the weight room is kind of his next big – like once he gets in there and starts getting on the training table and putting on weight and getting bigger and stronger, it could really see a big jump in his game. So there is, uh, there's some comparison there. Obviously, Cam Dewberry was, you know, not quite himself, but it's crazy. Cam Dewberry's seventy percent is better than most people's hundred percent. He 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 was coming off a of surgery, wasn't quite himself, but I thought he still played really well. Uh, I liked what I saw Lorenzel DeBose, the defensive back from Louisiana that OU's involved with. And I know Bob talked to him. Uh, so, you know, I'll, I'll let him dive into that if there was anything kind of interesting to come out of that conversation. But really, I, it was a good, solid camp. I, I thought the offensive line, defensive line was really the strongest group. But getting to see Anthony Hill, I mean, uh, the, the linebacker from Denton Ryan in the 2023 class, that, that guy's got a chance to be a top 15 player in the country. And is six two two thirty runs. I mean, he's he is everything Brian Odom would hope to land at inside linebacker. I've got no doubt. What'd you think of uh, Demetrius Hunter's day? You know, I, I thought it was solid. I, th- I thought it was good. I didn't think he was great. I didn't think he was overwhelming. Um, 
but he is a guy that really understands that position. He plays it well. Um, I also think he's a better athlete. So sometimes in those pass drill settings, you don't get to see him, you know, pull out and catch a guard or get to the second level and do some of that stuff. So where I think is where he really excels. Um, but I, I thought he was good. I, there, like I said, it wasn't a great D line group, so he didn't get challenged a lot, but he's a guy that, I mean, he is, he's kind of compact and kind of short armed. And his dad was showing me a rep uh, or a video of him doing like, 17 reps at 225. Like, I mean, he is one of those guys that if you if he can get you in that phone booth and he sets his feet and sets his base, you're done. I mean, they're, they're, you're not getting underneath him, and he's so powerful with his hands. Like I said, there there is um, the, there are ways he can be attacked, but like I said, once he if, if he can get in front of you and square you up, it, it's it's done. Okay, um, sorry, I'm just getting the news about Davion Clowney signing with the Browns. Browns Super Bowl. It's coming up. Happy birthday, Baker. Is he still elite? Clowney? Yeah. No, probably not, mm. but he can help. He's sure. second tier. I mean, yeah, he's not going to look bad across from Miles Garrett. I mean, those sure. are your two ends. You can win with that. That's a good pickup. By the way, uh, it was announced officially, our, uh, our friends of the program, Kings Leon, will be uh, playing... The opening night concert in front of the uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. That would be really cool. Happy for them. Maybe they'll sell some a lot of records out of the deal. Some, some NFTs. NFTs. Jinx. <laughs> <laughs> hey, David Stone's going to be a badass. Yeah. Yes. Yes, that's, he is. That's, that's a good I'll one. I'll be completely honest. Out. I didn't realize he's a 2024 kid. I was, for some reason, just thinking in the back of my mind he was 2023. So will the... Uh, what was the kid's name from Duncanville that's also a 2024 kid? Uh, the Simpson. Oh. Is it the, Simpson, uh, Colin? The linebacker kid. Is it Colin the linebacker Simpson? kid. Uh, or Simmons? Something like that. I, it, I, don't, it, have it, my, I don't have my roster right in front of but me. Yeah, the, the 2024 class in the state of Texas at defensive back was another story. Was I mean, the, you know, again, names that we're not going to know just yet. But it wouldn't surprise me if the names who are good Sunday end up being names we remember for OU in the next couple of years. Josh, was the uh, linebacker that you liked from Carthage there? Kip Lewis no, was not uh, there. No, Kip Lewis was not there. Okay. Um, I thought the Nick uh, Carraway kid had a pretty good day that ended up winning, I believe, the linebacker MVP. Yeah, he did. He took home MVP. Um, yeah, it, you know, that was... That was one of those days, kind of like two years ago at that camp. Uh, the the afternoon session, you're like, ah, oh, there's not as much here, and then you started walk, watching, and you're like, well, there's a lot of good young guys here, like a lot of pups, because that was kind of you know that was the year like Jacob Sexton showed up, and we're like, oh, he's promising, and you know Nate Anderson was there. Nobody knew who Nate Anderson was at that point in time, and then ends up you know becoming a rival to hundred guys. So. It was it was interesting to watch a lot of the young guys. You could start to kind of see separating, um, maybe from some even some of the upperclassmen that weren't quite on their level. Another kid that I thought on the defensive side of the ball, that I I think Bob, you mentioned on Sunday in your recap or Monday morning in your recap, and then uh, Josh, you talked about him this morning in Oklahoma was uh, the Nico Davalier kid, the twenty twenty two strong side defensive end out of Arkansas. <laughs> It was – he got – and I felt bad for him because he just got overshadowed by McClellan. Like, sure. I thought he had a pretty good day. And I thought of all the guys I saw, he was probably the best with his hands. I talked about it in Oklahoma. Like, he was 
really good. That lineman would get that initial punch, and he would have a just a great response to it, a good slap away to create some space for himself. Um, now, I will say, guys, he's listed at 6'5", 275. What would you say, thinking about it in your mind, you'd have him closer to? He ain't 6'5", I can tell you that. No, not 6'5". <laughs> Closer to six one and a half, six five, six one and a half, six two. Yeah, I was saying six two. Yeah, because Chris McClellan's not six foot five either, and Chris McClellan was clearly larger than Nico. Um, He's a little narrow bodied, um, kind of in some ways reminded me of Corey Roberson. Um, I could see that. Yeah, just just some. I think maybe Corey's a little more athletic, but like I I think there's some comp there. but, yeah, I, I thought he was very solid all day. Really was just kind of every rep was good. Uh, didn't ha, didn't take that bad, bad beat that you saw some of the guys taking. You know, as another defensive lineman that I didn't know, or I, I knew him, but a guy that I didn't know much about was Trevion Williams, the defensive lineman from Mississippi, the guy with the green hair. Um, the guy the with I, the green hair. Wow. Yeah. There's always yeah. one. You There's gotta, always one. Hey, he probably did it just to stick out. Yeah, and I mean, uh, you guys can attest, that dude was carved out of wood. I mean, like, that was an impressive-looking guy. And it makes sense because he was literally um, didn't Will Sunderland as an have, inside linebacker. Didn't Will Sunderland have red hair one year? Yeah, well, he did something like that. Jalen Redmond had the red streaks in his yeah, hair. Exactly. Forever. Uh-huh. And the dreads. Yep. He, uh, but no, th- like I said, he was listed as an inside linebacker on Rivals, and I was like, He's six four two fifty. That dude's not playing inside linebacker ever again. Um, but could be, uh, you know, he's a guy that, you know, I I think is going to end up pretty major power five. I mean, he's a very good player, very rough. I mean, you could tell he, he played a lot of linebacker. He hadn't spent a lot of time at uh, at off or excuse me at defensive line, and you could see it when some of the better linemen would go up against him, and they could deal with his speed off the edge, or they could deal with his inside move. He didn't have a secondary option. He didn't have, okay, that, that didn't work. Let me go to my spin move. Like, he didn't know how to do any of that yet. But once he does, man, I, I wouldn't be shocked at all if he's a guy in three or four years that people are like, yeah, you know, everybody had him underrated. He was really good. I feel like you're a little bit shook on the height thing after what's happened with Jordan Mukes. Like, like, uh, yeah. like he's the human optical illusion. We, well, just, we just that's his nickname now, the optical illusion. Jordan, he, he, he's not six one. I, I, I will not. die on this hill. That that's just crazy. Um, Maybe it, but he no. just always walked on his tippy toes, and you just didn't notice it when he was around you. Unless he'd wear lifts, <laughs> he's got three inch. He might have been lifting. <laughs> he might have been lifting. It is. Uh, Wow, I just watched the Seinfeld Jimmy with the with the platforms on his shoes. Yeah. Jimmy Jimmy's lifting. Uh but no, um, No, that was the that was the uh short actors. That was when Kramer Oh yeah. No, uh Costanza wanted to do it. He like went in with him on it. So they they got like a whole shipment and then Kramer Kramer what was it? I can't remember what caused it, but he and Kramer get in a fight, and Kramer hurt his knee, and Jimmy couldn't run, and so Costanza had to do the no, jump. You're, you're talking about the shoes, the weird, the yeah, the, 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 the those like, like in the mid '90s, everybody like talked yeah. about those shoes, like that'll make you jump higher, there were man. Kids no, in my, in my junior high that had, I mean, they had those uh, all the way back to when I was in junior high, like 30 years ago. I believe it. Um, but anyway, uh, what were we, uh, oh, that, that's, I mean, and I, t- I talked about it a little bit and woke, like, 
that has been a repercussion of COVID. Coaches not being able to go yeah. out and see these guys in person. Say whatever you want. I'm six ten. I'm 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 you know. Relique Brown's six foot three, like whatever, like just say whatever Lie you until want. Until the to. wheels fall off, because you know, I, I still and I, I say that I've told this story before, but the guy that used to speak at the rivals camps, he he was taught, uh, he was a, he was a coach in the Kansas City area, he was buddies with Krabby, and he had two players one year. One of them was Wayne Chambers, former Oklahoma yeah. linebacker, yeah. and then he had this little slot receiver. He goes, Wayne Chambers was 6'3", 215. I told him, Wayne, go to whatever you want to. Go to any camp you want to. Go anywhere you want. You look like a million bucks. Go. That receiver, I would hide him when coaches came to campus because I didn't want them to know he was five foot seven. I told him 5'9". And I hit him and hit him and hit him, and everybody fell in love with his tape, and he got a few offers, and it literally wasn't until he had committed to, I believe it was Kansas, that the coach would let the Kansas coaches see him. So, like, I mean, that that is Poor Kansas. That's just what been you're having over for so long. <laughs> yeah, I mean, th- that's what's going on right now. It's just this kind. I mean, like, there's no way to check it. There, there's you know, unless it's like this where we see them in person. And I don't mean any knock on any of these guys. I just want to be honest when some you know we talk about it and somebody goes on rivals and searches Nico Devillier or however you say his last name. They're gonna say, "Oh, he's six five. He's this." Well, and here's then, the thing, too. Like this that's makes not me. True. This makes me wonder. Like, is OU photoshopping their photos that they take now? They look a to lot where bigger. Lincoln is like shorter. Like so, he like is OU dicking around with like heights <laughs> to confuse people that certain people are bigger than others or shorter than others. They've got one where he's standing next to because, Jordan Mukes, and Jordan Mukes at the same height. Look, don't they? I, didn't, I know it. I didn't believe that uh, Caleb Williams was only six one because he had a photo with Lincoln where he was just as tall as Lincoln, and Lincoln is a legit six four six five. Like he's a tall man. No. Is he really? No, he is. no, no. no he is. There is no way. No, no way. <laughs> I think you just haven't seen Lincoln in years. He's tall. <laughs> he's not that tall. He's not six. There is four. no way if he's six four, then I'm six two, and I'm not six two. For for the record, Eddie is absolutely not six two. Well, Kerry's looking that up. I will say, I thought the three uh, defensive backs, and they might not be Oklahoma guys, but I thought all three of Corey Gordon, Kanajal Thomas, and Jocelyn Malaska. I thought they played pretty well on Sunday, uh, given the circumstances. I mean, they stacked up with just about everybody else. I. Guys, I mean, we we could, you know, you guys know I would love to have that conversation, but I thought there were a lot of Oklahoma kids that did really well. And and as Eddie is giving love to a Putnam City West Patriot and Corey Gordon, Jaleel Johnson from Putnam City North, that dude looks like a million bucks. Like that's a he's a guy that's that, a guy that's going to keep going in recruiting. He'll pick up plenty more attention. I was going to say, is he a guy that you know he puts a little bit more tape out? teams are actually able to go see him because I think that's important for a guy like that. He's a very athletic build. I think he could probably pick up more than just a generic, you know, I think he has that Missouri offer and stuff like some of those schools. Oh, I I absolutely think so because it's exactly what, you know, we're talking about. Once people can go see him and realize he's 6'3", almost 6'4", and probably 245 pounds, and I mean, and and well put together, not just like kind of soft and fleshy. Like he's he's a good looking guy. It, it's 
there's no doubt. I mean, like Kansas State should be on him. Oklahoma sure. State should be on him. Like I, if it if OU wasn't in such a good position with some elite defensive linemen, I could absolutely see OU involved there. I mean, he he is that impressive on the hoof, and then at the same time, his tape. There's a lot of good stuff there. It, it's raw and it's rough, but. You give him time and let him grow, that that dude could be a player, absolutely. The first time that Bob and I saw him was against Cade McConnell in that playoff game uh, yep. a year ago against Choctaw. And they, they had, I mean, if you want to, if you really want to nerd out, go watch the Cade McConnell Jaleel Johnson uh, matchup on Huddle. It was a pretty good game. And Josh, that, you mentioned that had some good matchups all around. That's kind of where, like, Nico's another name now. Like, how. Is, is this pecking order any clearer than we think? Uh, it just seems like there's – now, we've had this before where we thought there were six, seven, or eight guys, and then by the end of the cycle they might have gotten one or one or two. So for as good as they, it looks right now, how realistic is it, do you think, about getting those plan A guys like Dindy and like Amari and like Derek Brown or Derek Moore – and where does that leave someone like a McClellan or a Nico that maybe you feel like in other years you would have taken them in a heartbeat, and now this year you're kind of playing the what the waiting game? Yeah, and that's where it does. It gets interesting. I mean, because, you know, guys, a few months ago we were talking about Bear Alexander and Gabe Dindy and, you know, uh, Tyson, Tyson Ford. Ford. I mean, Kerry, sorry. Sorry, it's going to be okay, buddy. Uh, no, he's a good dude. I like Tyson. No, Ford. no, I know. No, he, 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 he didn't. Still, he saved my ass more than anything. Yeah, he still hits me up. He, he's a good kid. I got no I problem. I just with Tyson. cannot imagine if you would have drove all the way to no, St. Louis. No, then it would have been a totally different. Deal I mean, you Jacob talk about Phillips, you talk about. At least he. At least you, uh, Jacob Phillips gave us the commitment. You know, like mm. we got the story. He might have yeah. decommitted. Yeah. I mean, this kid would have completely effed Yeah, you we over. knew what we were in store for. In all seriousness, with Jacob Phillips, we like to joke about that. But like, you know, you know, you know the score. You're like, this kid's in SEC country. He's mm. committing to Oklahoma months before signing day. Anything could happen. We knew that. Yep. That's why I half joked with him. Like, if you decommit, I'm coming back here. <laughs> well, but to Bob's question, I mean, I. <clears throat> I really like where OU is with Gabe Dindy. I feel confident about that situation. I think they're in really good shape. When he talks, like, to me or to really anyone, and he'll talk about relationships he has, Thibodeau's the one that you can tell, like, he's connected with him. Like, because even going back to last year when he, it was his birthday, OU did this big thing for his birthday, and it was, it, you know, kind of wished him a happy birthday on this video thing. And I kind of asked him, I said, Gabe, did anybody else even do it? He said, nobody else even said anything. So, like, OU's been very plugged in from very early on, has connected with his parents. There's just a lot of reason to believe that's a good situation. The one that throws a monkey wrench in things, for me, especially as it relates to Chris McClellan, is Jure Bledsoe, the, the big defensive lineman from Bremen, which I talked to Sam Spiegelman some this week. Um, I talked about it um I think I've talked about it on the board. I may need to go back and make sure of that. But this is a guy that um, Oklahoma's making a run with. And, again, Sam mentioned kind of everybody around Bledsoe talking about him having a very unique relationship with Thibodeau that they've really connected on some uh, on some deeper levels. And that's kind of the coach he is most familiar with, most comfortable with at this point in time. So that's, that's huge for OU, and especially if – 
If they can open up, get him up to campus, all those sort of things. Now, Bledsoe is going to be close on grades. There, there are some hurdles there that he's got to clear. So that like, there's multiple levels to why that could be confusing. And this is a guy dead between basically Austin and College Station and Waco. Like he, There is a lot of syntax pull here. So we'll have to see how that works out. If that ends up playing a big role, I know a lot of people are kind of betting on A&M, and I, I think I would too if I had to, but Oklahoma is making that interesting. But should they miss out on him? I, I think Chris McClellan would absolutely be the next guy in line. So that, And that's kind of what you got inside. Outside, it feels a lot like what you thought inside was going to be a few months ago. Now we'll have to see, does it change and it's not as good as it looked or whatever, but, I mean, there is a conversation and there's a world that exists where OU could get Amari Abor, Derek Moore, and maybe even Kenyatta Jackson from Florida that's a Shamanad Madonna guy, the same high school that produced Marquise Brown. So uh, there is a, there's a lot of momentum right there on the outside right now. And a couple other guys that are absolutely involved in the conversation as well. Uh, you know, the Danny Dennis Sutton kid, uh, Jaden Scarlett is going to be part of that. So, I mean, there are a lot of – Jihad Campbell has talked about setting up an official visit to OU. Uh, Daniel Lyons. I mean, like I could just keep kind of going and going and going. But there are – defensive line, I I absolutely see a world where they get to Chris McClellan and, and, and want him and take him and those kind of things. Nico, I, I don't know if I can get there. I, I just think there's a few other guys a little higher on their pecking order right now. I can't find the 2002 Texas Tech roster. I'll ask him. <laughs> still looking for Lincoln's height. I'll tweet him. I don't know that he. <laughs> I think he might be lying about there's, being a player at Texas Tech. Oh, there's there's no. Uh, well, I think it, there's some pictures of him in uh, uniform, aren't there? I found the web the official old website uh, 2002 roster. He's not on that one, which I could see him not being on one since he's a walk on. I don't know. According to Celebs Age Wiki, they do not have his height or weight listed. <laughs> oh, it's not available. Such a reliable source. I, I, I know it was going to be something you could absolutely write home about, like and just know that that was factual. What if the first ever just random text from me was me asking him <laughs> wh- how tall he really is? What would be that awesome be your, is after that could he. Be your question tomorrow. Yeah, do that. I can fit that in at the end. Like, hey, Lincoln. Um, what is your barbecue? What what's up with the barbecue? And how tall are you? That'd be the most two <laughs> random questions. Popularbio.com also has no information on his age, height, or weight. It's just, this is getting bad. These, these sites that we thought we could trust. We know how old he is. I mean, he's thirty eight, right? See, thirty seven. I thought. Yeah. He'll, no, he'll turn thirty eight this year. Yeah, okay. he's thirty seven now. Yep. Yes. Like that first week of the season. He's I got have one the of those. Same type of birthdays as Stoops had. You know what? I have one of those laser levels or those laser measures. Measure. <laughs> <laughs> See, you can't you can't expect me to say laser, laser, and then measure. It's a it's a tough transition, a is what that la- is. Laser measure. Laser. If we can work leisure and measures into a sentence. That's going to be amazing. <laughs> Why has this become a pod tradition where somehow I say the word measure? Uh, Drink. But uh, I have one of those. Maybe I should just take it and next time we're in person and just like sneak it up behind him and hold it and point it to the ground and see what it lists him as. 
Well, I mean, you want to be really accurate, so you're going to want to put a board on top of his head and measure from the floor. I mean, just to make sure you really get it right. Laser. They're using the same measurements that they used for some of the players. We can't trust it. They triple checked for us on Jordan Muse, I'm telling you. No. We we I mean they did change uh Nathan Rollins Kabange. Is it Kabange? Is that how you no. say it? You know, okay. I just don't like the nickname thing. Like we're buddy buddies with him. I think for a for a Hey Trouble, what's I going on? I think for a hyphenated name like well, and by the way, I said this morning. I have good odds that somebody within the Oklahoma media has a restraining order filed on them by the new Oklahoma women's basketball yeah, coach. Yeah. I think that's going to happen. You can use your imagination. I think it could, might be it, a violation of probation. It could hey, be. Are we taking bets? It could we be are. just an athletic-wide, athletic department-wide. <laughs> just, just a straight University of Oklahoma. <laughs> I think it would cover order. the entire campus, so yeah. it could be. What was I? What were we talking about? Uh, Nicknames. Oh, players. if it's a hyphenated name, I think it's completely okay to, like, Deller and Turner yell. I think DTY is okay to say. Okay. I might be able to get behind that, but calling him Trouble? Yeah, we probably shouldn't be doing that. It's a good I just, segue into I just, team stuff. I don't want to get to the point where they're putting their Twitter or Instagram handles on their jerseys. Oh, I do, because then that's all you could refer to them as. Would you just call everyone at when you ask him a question? I think you'd have to. At Troubleman13. God, that would that would at kill me. At Death Baby. And I'm kidding when I say that I hope that happens. Josh Josh would be the one that has the weirdest names first of mind. Oh, I, I would absolutely. Like, if that was me, I said it when the UCF did it. I was like, I would literally immediately change my name to the most awful shit that does not belong on the back of a jersey ever. The, and they would have to be like, okay, we've Josh ruined it for everybody. We've rethought the whole rule. At baby killer thirty seven. Exactly. <laughs> Little kid lover. Like oh my god! <laughs> oh, like Michael Scott. Nope, to nope. Be. <laughs> oh, lo- Scott's tots. I'm I'm glad that, that tied into something and that wasn't just off your right off no. your brain, Bob. Because I was worried. I mean, that person would have to be. Recruited by Penn State, right? Okay. There it is. Uh, uh, so, we did talk to uh, the defense. And, Josh, you and I have been kind of hearing this. Uh, and what I took out of yesterday, I know Bob was very excited to talk to Jalen Redman, and it was cool that he faced the media and talked to us after all the stuff he went through a year ago. Uh, and I want to get to some of that. But, I mean, Jaden Davis yesterday, talking to him, I tweeted really out immediately uh, I'm just going to play this. And, and Josh and I had been hearing about Latrell McCutcheon and, and, and how impressive he had been. Uh, and if Jaden Davis, if, if Latrell McCutcheon needed a hype man, he got one yesterday in Jaden Davis. Uh, I feel as if Latrell is elite. I mean, he's he's came in and he's really made a statement. First couple of days, I think he had a, a couple of interceptions, PBUs and stuff like that. Like he in 707, he's earned he's earned the respect of the team. Very quickly, from the first seven on seven to to now we're on in into spring football, getting close to the end. He's earned. He's definitely earned my respect, and he's a he's a great player. He's a great individual. He's a long corner. You know, he he wants to be in your face. He wants to get his hands on you, and that's that's speed D. That's what um, Alice Grinch and um, Coach Manning loves, and um, he he's doing it very well. He's making plays on the ball, and I feel like he he's gonna be a great Oklahoma corner. 
and you know, we talked a lot about the linebackers last week and the depth that they're building there. Um, but Eddie, to me, and Bob, even Josh, um, anyone, uh, it's so bizarre because I don't want to make this into a Mike Stoops thing. This is a Bob Stoops thing. Like, I don't ever, and, and look, it's jumping the gun a little bit. But I don't think OU has ever had as much depth at the same time at linebacker and corner that they have going into next season. I think just overall, like if you look at everything that has been said over the course of the three and a half weeks that spring football has been happening, it's like there is, and I know I feel like we say this every spring, but there is legitimate like foundation for them saying that not only have they changed culturally over there, but I think just mentally they feel like they're in a better spot. I thought what Deshaun White said was kind of under the radar, just as as far as I see the game of football differently with these new coaches. Like, there's been a sense of confidence that has been instilled, and obviously I think it's backed up when you go out and do it and play well, but I don't know. I mean, I, no, I, I have rather high expectations for this defense. They I, have put themselves in... And I thought Jaden Davis's answer to Garen's question as far as, is this a national championship defense? It was a talking point, but at the same time, it was uh, like, I don't think that, like, I think a couple years ago they would have said, yeah, yeah, we're, we're, we're there. When in and reality, really believe them when they said yeah, that. and when in reality, they were so far from, but you're right. Like you talk about, you know, Deshaun White talking about the inside linebacker room, Brian Odom talking about it the week before, Roy Manning talking about, you know, just all the bodies that they have at their disposal, whether it be cornerback or safety, it's 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 fascinating. It's a it's a completely different team in that it has been overhauled. The defensive side of the football has been overhauled, and now they're actually able to kind of stand on solid footing and say, yeah, they can play defense. I feel a lot more confident at inside backer than the secondary, though. Well, safety, a, I don't I'm think, has been skeptical. solved. Like, Woody Washington, DJ Graham, they had flashes, but now, like, they got to be the guys. Like, they're going to have to do it every single time. And, like, I mean, Woody been love- the starter most of the last season. I mean, he's proven to me. I'm, I'm not there yet. I like the the cornerback situation is a lot more interesting. To, I mean, it all goes hand in hand, but... Like and I think a lot of people talked about it on the board as far as like where does Justin Harrington fit into this thing? Is he really going to play cornerback? And what does that mean at safety? Are they really that happy with what Jeremiah Cradell's doing or Bryson I gotta, Washington? I gotta think this is a let's just make Harrington happy and and let him figure out for himself that we have better options and, and that he, and that he could really help the most at safety. If there's one talking point that you take out of the defensive side of the football over the course of spring football, it is, and I think this is being pounded into their brains day in and day out, it's that you're not just going to play because you're an upperclassman. And I feel like that has been reinforced time and time again every time we talk to a defensive guy that you have to earn your spot. And it kind of goes back to what you were talking about as far as the the previous regime. And like, there's definitely a, they want to make that an emphasis, have, have they not? No, I think that's been the the message of camp, especially with Brian Odom and the linebackers. But I think you hear one, from the, the one thing, top down from Alex Grinch. The one thing that I don't feel like we've gotten good feedback on is that nickel spot. We don't know 
how well Jeremiah Cradell is playing and how good he can be. Because I think that's that's the one area where I'm like, I'm not so sure about that position. No, for for sure. I mean, we know the hype coming in and how they said Cradell was doing everything right, even if it wasn't translating on the field yet. But now it, it's been a while since we've talked to Grinch. You know, we've gone through a lot of the other assistants, which is great. But it's kind of left that safety nickelback in terms of having concrete info. We, it's, it's been lacking here. Is Bryce and Washington coming along? Right, you know? exactly. Yep. Sure. Those are the answers that we need to get if we can get Grinch next uh, next week. I think we'll talk to Grinch next week. So, well, At least we'll see it. I mean, I know it's a practice, but we'll at least see it in a game. I mean, that Just could be one thing out that, there that's throwing around. a little interesting about this spring game is that they do have more bodies, and they and you will... It, it can be more than just, you know, 10 series or so, because you're going to want to see, and you're going to want Caleb Williams to get a lot of playing time. You're going you're gonna to want to throw the ball a lot. So I think you'll see that secondary and what they can and can't do. The other thing, guys, uh, I wanted to move to offense a little bit. I know we talked to defense yesterday, uh... Well, actually, let's do one. Let's talk about Jalen Redman uh, because I thought, you know, really interesting talking to him yesterday. I thought he handled it really well. Yep. Uh, Bob, you know, I, I know you had a question to him, but to me, the most interesting thing was, you know, he was he was asked about getting the vaccination, and it was something I hadn't even thought about. Uh, but here is uh, Jalen Redman. Uh, I feel as if Latrell is elite. No, nah, that's not him. <laughs> he's he's. <laughs> that's uh, here is Jalen Redmond. And uh, with the the vaccine, uh, I, I haven't gotten it yet, and uh, I'm kind of iffy on getting it because I mm-hmm. I've been hearing some some things with blood clots and stuff. So yeah, um, I mean I, I'm I'm thinking about it, but I'm I'm still kind of iffy. I'm 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 away for a little bit. <laughs> I think I'm wait a while. You know, and I was I was told you guys know I was following along like when he he was going to opt out and all that stuff and. Uh, he got that DUI, and, and it was just kind of a rough time for him. But he had already had COVID when all that stuff had happened, when he was opting out. So, And he got past it, um, didn't really you know affect him that much. So it is interesting with him and his issues with blood clots uh, and some of what's floating around and some uncertainty there. Like, he's one of those guys. Like, he might end up just having to be that you know, one of the few guys that gets in contact tracing next year that, you know, because I could see why he would be hesitant to get vaccinated with his, his own personal health issues. Yeah. (laughs) At least it doesn't sound like he's afraid of it though. I I think that's the one thing. No, you can tell that last summer he probably was the uncertainty, didn't know how things were going to shake out. And he sort of alluded that perhaps by the middle of the season, he wanted to come back. You know, you can almost tell, like, man, I wish I would have just waited out a little bit longer. I could have been out there, especially with Isaiah Thomas killing it. You know, his roommate, one of his best friends, that probably got him even more excited about the chance of trying to be out there. So he comes back for the bowl practices, and I don't think there's any, like, he's not hedging. He's all in. He's determined. He's driven. And now we'll see if he can finally have that happy ending that he hasn't had through the first three years. I want to uh, make a request. I want you all to kill me if we have to go through contract tracing in August, in September of next year. Of this year. No, not us. Just have to worry about that kind of stuff. 
I know. I know. I think it's still going to be there because not all states are. I think the state of Oklahoma is doing a fantastic sure. job. But I'm not no, no, I feel sure you can say that for every state. It just it already makes my brain hurt thinking about it. I do. I mean, I did see a deal where, and not to get too vaccine talk, but I did see a deal where uh, Pfizer and Moderna say they're going to be able to make up for Johnson Johnson being down. Yeah, we really got to worry about the six people out of seven million. But <sighs> see, I didn't have a comment like that, but you took it there. Um, so better chance of getting struck by lightning. I, twice. I mean, the thing is, I mean. The thing that I would be concerned about, or I am concerned about, is can Jalen Redmond make it through a whole season without having you well, know, those issues pop here's back Here's the up? thing I thought about Redmond, is, and even off of the COVID stuff, it's unbelievable how long he's been around and just how little football he's actually been able yep. to play. I know. I mean, you get that first year taken away because of blood clots, and then obviously last year. In between, I mean, he's still in all of that on top of him being a relatively still young football player. I think Jamar Cain... Talked about that last week, just as far I mean, as... How many games has he been in that he's like, you know, it should show? Is, is he played so well in 2019, but that shoulder injury happened in the Big 12 Championship, which took away his entire offseason of like getting you know, bigger, stronger, all that cliche stuff that we hear. Instead, he was trying to rehab that shoulder, and that, it took a lot longer than he thought, and it stunted his growth again. I, I don't know. Any 13. St- okay. 13. I was like, you were doing four. I, well, I, I couldn't think of how to show you. 13 you were, games. I was like, you have four fingers on two different hands that you're holding up. What does that mean? He only appeared uh, in three games in 2018 and then 13 of the 14 making four starts in 2019. I wanted to be like Carrie breathing, Carrie breathing, because Carrie was laughing into the microphone, but it sounded like he was just breathing heavy. <laughs> I couldn't think about how to show 13, so I was trying to do like the baseball thing, but I forgot which way it would show. See, I'm reading 31, but yeah. So that's, that's 13. 13. Okay. Actually, that's not a thing, so I don't know. I've never had anybody do two different digits on two different hands. You're just supposed to know. Yeah, I, I didn't I didn't mind. If we would have been sorry. inside of an in and out you would have gone, oh, 13. Exactly. <laughs> We're ordered. That's where you two just sink. Uh, okay, moving on to offense, uh, guys. I got to tell you, just and this is purely just social media that's giving me this opinion. But it seems to me like Trajan Bridges and, and Jaden Hazelwood are both having really good camps. Like they seem to be really fired up about their own performance. And with Bridges, it's more like you just see a lot of highlights from the kid. I defer to Josh on Jaden Hazelwood. <laughs> uh, with Bridges, I I totally agree. Like the the, the uh, I won't say I've heard a lot, but what I have heard sounds like I, I I he and Rattler dating back to recruiting, there was a really good relationship there, and yeah. I think that's carried over from kind of what I hear. Uh, I you know and you know I know when that first interview Spencer did with you all, he kind of talked about that. You know, and I I think that's added up. Hazelwood, I. <laughs> I'm so hesitant about it because I had heard some stuff last week, and then I, you know, I want to give you know Gabe and Teddy some credit. I heard them talking about it a little bit that there has been some hesitation. Like he's just not quite there as far, and it's With not the like knee and stuff. Yeah, like he's just not quite confident in it yet. It's not that he can't do it or that he won't be there. It's just that he's not quite there with it and that that's okay. Like it's understandable. I get it, um, but it's just been kind of. Like I said, I heard it and I was like, I don't know how 
you know, I don't, that's such a serious conversation. I didn't want to make too much of it. And then I heard Gabe and Teddy kind of talking about it. I was like, okay, that, that, that sounds like there's something valid kind of happening here. Um, but yeah, it, it just sounds, like I said, that he just hasn't quite gotten back to full speed yet. And it's still kind of figuring his way through, you know, that brace and, it, you know, just living the receiver life, all those extreme cuts and moves you're making. Other than corner, I, I can't think of a position that's more aggressive to a knee than playing wide receiver. You know the guy we just haven't heard anything about this year? Theo Weiss. I was just like, literally, like, as you guys were talking about, about, about that, that, I was like, today. Is, where's he been? But you, I, I haven't know, really like, heard anything Theo about Stogner either. Have been banged up. I don't know if they've okay. missed all the spring, but they've been. Yeah, a Woody little... Washington, I don't think has done much at all this spring. And I wouldn't be surprised if Theo was kind of in that same camp. But, the, I mean, the other name that was mentioned yesterday or, or brought up, uh, Mario Williams. And I've heard good things about him from other people, too. Yep. They, I, I haven't heard anyone that isn't like, it's kind of like, wow. Just like, there's not a lot of, oh, man, we love this about him. It's just like, He's really damn good. It's it just one of those kind of things. Kind of, kind of like what you heard about Marvin last spring. Like, just, I don't know what's going to become. I don't know if he's going to have 70 catches this year or 20 catches, but I know he's really, really good. Well, Marvin Williams, I mean, Marvin Williams. Well, <laughs> Marvin Mims lead Oklahoma in receiving again this year? Probably. Yeah. If he's inside... Uh, I'm not sure. Well, it sounds like, I mean, part of what is is Jaden's deal is he has moved inside. I mean, he's playing inside more now uh, instead of just being an outside. So he's kind of learning as well as he's trying to get better physically. So to me, that sounds like Mario is the outside guy now. Like yeah, they're going to kind of use him like Marquise a little bit, maybe, and probably use him kind of in the ways they used Marvin last year to kind of be that field stretching mm-hmm. guy. And then you still got Marvin on working both underneath. Sides. I mean, yeah, yep, absolutely, absolutely. Um, uh, I mean, to say, I besides Drake Stoops, I mean, obviously he's going to win the Blitnikoff, but <laughs> <laughs> is he still a walk on? No, he's a scholarship. Okay, is he still eligible for the? Oh, the uh, Larry Bud Melmore, whatever that's called. The, the Burlesworth, yeah. Uh, I think so. I mean, Baker won it when he was on scholarship, yeah, right? That's true. And then everybody had it. But he won it before he won the Heisman. But he was up for it both all three years, wasn't he? 2015, yeah, he, 2016. I think that's right, yeah. When he won the Heisman. Obviously, they weren't going to give it to him. Should have. But, yeah, <laughs> he was up for it. He wasn't enough of a tragic figure to win it that year. It's <laughs> probably true. Uh, no, but I mean, look, the receivers have been challenged. Uh, Lincoln has made no bones about that. It does seem like, you know, that they've taken it seriously. And Josh is not a buyer in of the bloody hyena. I get it. Uh, no, that's, that's gross. <laughs> I don't need that on my timeline, man. I got kids to raise. Like, what is that? Nothing. It's nothing. <laughs> it's nature, baby. 
So when nature shows come on, you just flip past them as fast as you can, like something bad's going to happen here? It's such a fine line, because like, they love like Animal Planet. You know, they're, I mean, they're like every other little kid on the planet. They love animals and stuff. So you'll be watching something, and you're like, oh, yeah, this is cool. This is fine. And then all of a sudden, the cheetah hunts the gazelle. And you're like, oh, shit, this is going to go bad. And then like it's just like he's just eating flesh. And you're like, they're like, what is that? And I'm like, baby, that, that. I mean, like, like at that point, what are you going to do? You're like. They that that's how they eat, honey. They they track down animals and they eat them. And they're like, Lainey is like, Lainey's kind of like, okay, you know. And Layla's like, ew, she thinks it's disgusting. So that, that everybody has their takes. But yeah, I mean, you try to show them the animal stuff and not too much of like this is, you know, it's a hard knock life out there. Girls, uh, crikey, it's the Irwins. That's your speed. That's what you need. Oh, they. They oh believe me we know all about Bendy Irwin's baby we 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 are on track with that is that the daughter yeah yes she has a baby yep, yep. wow how yep. old is she twenty five something like that okay I didn't is she even that old oh is she not I I really don't know uh, I think the I son was, was like a little bit younger than me twenty she's twenty two she's okay. twenty two so. I, I you I knew you were, I, I had it in my head more like twenty twenty one so you're I I guess about as close. What's the me, difference? But, yeah, yeah. You know, a guy that was pretty impressive that we talked to uh, I guess on Thursday after we recorded. What did we, what, did we talk about we Eric Gray last Wednesday week? because of Moser? That's right. Okay, yeah. I thought Eric and Gray then, was really yeah. impressive. Just talking. Wise. Yeah, he was. Yeah. He was, and I mean. He's going to be a factor. I hope we get to see him in the scrimmage. I mean, I hope we get to see. I hope we get to see that entire group because that the running back thing you is really put, interesting. You have to put Kennedy Brooks out there after being gone. Well, for he has a year, to get hit. You? It's kind of like yeah. it's kind of like the Redmond situation. You need those guys to go through a little bit of it, don't you? Like the running back thing is crazy, just for the fact that you have all the guys that are coming back. You obviously add Eric Gray, but like this whole thing with what they're doing with Mikey Henderson, I don't see how you don't keep him out on the field at all times. I mean, he's intriguing as a running back. I think what we saw, I mean, he is a guy that just had a different And they did use him, level. I guess, a little bit right. last year out of the backfield and yeah. do different things. It's just, like, I think Mikey well, I mean, you go I'm back, all in on Mikey Anderson. You I think go back he's to the be two-back stuff that you had with Joe Mixon and Rodney Anderson. I mean. But who's the odd man out if Eric P. Gray Ryan. is as good as they think he could Nixon. be? Kennedy Brooks literally averaged over 10 yards a carry last time he was on the field. Yeah. And I still think that Seth McGowan's going to be really good. And Marcus Major, I mean, he was playing against a JV team per Dan Mullen, but it was still a pretty good performance in the Cotton Bowl. I I don't know. I find that whole thing to be rather fascinating about how they're going to split carries and how that hole's going to... I don't think that I don't look. I don't think running. Somebody was doing that. Like, how are they going to make it through this season? When they got so many guys, I'm like, look, you never have too many guys at running back. Nope. We, that's something that we learned. Gonna get hurt. Yep. Somebody's going to get hurt. I mean. Uh, it seems like every year now there's a game where somebody has to move from H back to play running back. Guys, remember we <laughs> were already made that, that they preemptively made that move, and there's not much more you can more else you can take from the H back room. No, there's not. <laughs> it's crazy. We were just having a, that conversation last year about how deep the running back room was, and then week one they start Marcus Major. God, that seems like that was forever ago. That is weird. Well, they, and they, they did that because he was the only guy that wasn't old. I mean, that wasn't a pup. That was. I mean, everybody else would have been playing their first game. TJ Pledger was COVID. Yeah, oh, I mean, like, there were some extenuating. I mean, you, yeah. I, 
you know, when we were having this conversation last year, we weren't thinking about half the team, you know, having some sort of contact tracing or Kennedy Brooks opting out. You know, like right. none of that was on the horizon. So, yeah, it's just it's just weird. It's every year you start out and you think, oh wow, this is a really deep running back mm-hmm. room, and then you have a game where you have one guy. I mean. But you've seen it enough with Rodney Anderson, Marcelli Sutton, Trey Sermon. They've all had season-ending injuries. It's You don't think it doesn't have to be that to that extent, but someone's going to be banged up to where you're never at full strength at that position. Was that was that too soon to mention Marcellius for you, Kerry, or are you okay? That, that was your guy. I mean, I just said it wasn't my guy. I just made a comparison <laughs> that if he kind of looked a little bit like what's-his-name for the Vikings. Oh, Dalvin Cook? I mean, you got to admit, that spring game he had was a really good game. Well, I mean, next week we got to prepare ourselves because there will be there somebody. Will be a spring champion. Yeah, and our Ooh, duty yeah. is to carry that banner throughout the summer and say Todd he's going to be an All-American. Hudson. Todd, Todd Hudson? Hudson. Oh, that's, that's a good, a good one. one. And see, you know I what like happened that. is I would shit on that guy every year, and then Dom Whaley happened. <laughs> Everybody got stuck with him. And I was like, just settle down. Dom Whaley is a walk-on. He's nothing. He's never gonna play. I did that whole thing, like, and then what does he do? Makes me look like a complete idiot. <laughs> do you remember how mad people used to get, Carrie, when we would shoot down the walk-ons? Like, I mean, oh, like, yeah. we're, we're like, we're not covering that. Like, Josh, why don't you like make a note on the scholarship chart of the walk-ons on the roster? I'm not doing that. I'm not. Nope. Nope. It's a scholarship chart that defeats the whole damn purpose. Yeah, and we'd fight that, but. I gotta say, it's changed a lot. I mean, a lot, lot more walk-ons are making impacts now. Well, and the funny thing is, just and with the might depth, be the Baker that, effect. Just with the depth that Oklahoma has, and it's not even walk-ons, but you're going to be seeing good players throughout the game. Like you know, when they start That's shuffling guys in in the second quarter, yep. it's mm-hmm. like, well, let's see what you know. Whoever could be a, like Brian Mead might be getting in like midway through the third quarter or whatever, the second half of the spring game. It's just by necessity. He's trying to piss everyone off out there by mentioning Brian Mead. I, I, I love say you're Brian trying to upset me. I love Brian Mead. <laughs> I support all walk-ons. I think everybody knows that. Um, I Look, it, it's, it's going to be fun getting to see a lot of people play. And it'll suck for a while, too, toward the end. And you'll be like, oh, I remember this is what a spring game is like. We say that all the I'm time. I'm going to make an oath that I will not bitch and complain on next Saturday. I've got is a sneaky one that I like. You've got supposed an MVP candidate? Bob, it's supposed to be MVP really candidate. cold. Noah Arenze. Yep. I'm going to get on hit. Speed no, rusher, kind of outside. He'll come in, the, be facing like the third string offensive tackle. Everybody's going to get jacked up about it. Like I, I kind of like that. I think that makes some sense. I don't think he qualifies. It has to be a walk-on? Okay, that's fair. Reed I mean, does Lindy. Robert Congo count as a former walk-on? Best hair on the team, by the way. <laughs> Who was it? Was it uh, Jermaine Hardison that was always the spring game MVP? He had some good ones. I remember going way back to the the Von Stoenhook guy, like in like the early two thousands. Like every time they were like, "Oh, he's gonna be great," and I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, he he's a walk on still. Yeah, he's still a walk on." All right, uh, I'm particularly interested to see how like like here's a name that just I'd never even think of. Like, can a 
Brian Darby make an impact at any point? That's a good question. Can a, you know, I, I'm just trying to go through the list or the roster here and see guys that, like, I'm fairly interested to see Jordan Mukes play a little bit. Sounds like he's had a good spring. Darby's one that I would be interested to see if almost he doesn't go in the reverse direction of Mikey Henderson. Does he move toward that H-back room? Because mm-hmm. he's mm-hmm. a – I mean, don't get me wrong, he's not as big as Mikey, but, like, he's got size. He's not a little guy. Um, and you could – he could do a lot of that stuff and be that very skilled receiver. Wouldn't have to be – I mean, he's never going to be Braden Willis. But at the same time, Braden Willis can't do some of the stuff he could do. How wild was that story that Kersey wrote about? I was just thinking Austin about that. Stogner. Great job by Kersey. I mean, I think we all knew that it was fairly serious. There had been some talk about that. Never in a million years did I think that it was that serious that quickly. Like, could spread to his organs. Sure. Kind of and I, I mean, I didn't realize he spent 12 days in the hospital. I knew that he spent a good amount of time. I didn't realize it was 12 days, though. It's a wild, wild story. I think we all felt pretty sure that it had to do with a staph infection, mm-hmm. and it wasn't so much a knee bruise anymore. But I, I did, had no idea it got that dire. It's just kind of scary the way that that whole thing went down. Like he's good thing that the trainers and everybody went over to his house that night and got him into McBride, and could have really ended really poorly. Uh, okay. All from a bruise. Yeah. I know we're, we're running a little long. Uh, there's a little bit of hoop stuff we want to get to real quick. Um, and not women's hoops, although they didn't hire their new coach. Oh, I'm all in. Um, well, you're not because they didn't hire your girl. Well, now that she's hired, it's, it's kind of over. i got to put Molly to the side. Okay. I'll still be cheering for Grand Canyon State, though. Okay. Grand- I'll go out there it's if I need Grand to. Grand Canyon State, is it? Grand, yeah. It's not. Oh, Grand it's University. Grand oh, Can- Grand Canyon University. My bad. Um, My I think that's Blue Mountain State that you're thinking of, that fictional football team. No, I just legitimately didn't know what the school's called. Um, okay, so Bob Porter Moser uh, putting together some of his staff. It's signing day today. Uh, Indeed. Tell us uh, the latest with OU Hoops. As of right now, Austin Mason will be the only person signing. That's another combo guard. You're going to, to uh, Overland Park, Kansas, and the connection there – Strangely enough, that's where Clayton Custer played at the exact same high school. And that's not, that hasn't been made official yet, but Clayton Custer and Matt Gordon will both be coming over from Loyola to be part of the support staff for Moser. And not one of the, it's not the third assistant being named just yet, but that comfortability allowed Mason to feel a lot happier about the choice of going with OU. And he actually committed. Last Monday, and Moser asked if he would just pump the brakes and wait till the press conference Wednesday, and then he could go pub- He could go out with it. So there, that's three guards now. So you got Nolan, who reaffirmed Saturday. That was actually probably the biggest news of the last week was Nolan coming out Saturday saying he's locked in, but sooner still. Bijan, now Mason. It's all about the transfer portal. It's all about finding guys in the post, trying to find those bigs. Easiest target to circle is Christian Bishop out of Creighton. But then he got offered by North Carolina yesterday, so that kind of threw things in flux. But for sure, it's just you got to find some guy. You have Rick Asanza and then a bunch of guys that are like 6'6 or smaller. You're going to have to do some work in the portal, and it's going to be very intriguing to see what names really do pop up in the next you know one or two weeks. As far as, guys, I know that there was a little bit of Devian Harmon news out there at the end of the yep. week, last yep. week. Uh, 
what can you say as far as that? And then, you know, I'll, I'll be completely honest. It sounds like Brady Manick has a lot of interest, including North Carolina. Yeah, I, you know, you don't know what's ever really going on with Brady because he doesn't put it out there. But I, I did some digging yesterday, and he's got between 30 to 40 offers in the two, two three weeks since he's gone into the portal. And North Carolina became the latest last night. So he's definitely you know, just got his choice of, what he wants to do. Does he want to go to a school that can make an elite eight final four run and be a contributor? Does he want to go to a smaller school where he can put up really big numbers and kind of show that maybe he could play at the, at the next level at, at what people thought he was heading into this last season. Cause there's no doubt this last season wasn't the, the last impression that he uh, wants to make there, but it's, 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 it's interesting because we we sort of talk about it. Guards in the portal, you're going to be able to find. There's enough of them. But finding guys, finding legitimate bigs or post presence in the portal is going to be hard, and that's why Manic is really showing out right now. Going back to Harmon, you had the comments last Friday from Moser on the radio saying that it's not set in stone, but it feels like Harmon will be coming back. If he does, it's still going to be a couple months away. The Harmon family is going to go through – the NBA draft process as long as they're allowed to. That means the combines. That means like personal workouts. They're doing everything by the book so that he keeps his eligibility. So like nothing's fishy there. But if the draft combine is June 21st or the 27th, they want to go to through that as much as they're allowed to. And then you have 10 days after that to make the call. So the question becomes, will Moser, would OU still hold open that scholarship to late June or July for Harmon. I think they will. And if Harmon comes back, he, everyone's saying he's got to be point guard or he won't even entertain the notion of coming back. He stepped aside this year, let Austin Reeves do it. But he wants to show, he needs to show for the next level that he can be a point guard. And if that lines up with what Mojer wants to do, then that'll definitely help the chances of Harmon coming back to Norman. I would, and, I would kind of imagine that would be a win-win for everybody. Like, I think OU would want him to run the one, but I also think that, you know, obviously that would work out for, for Harmon, and I guess that kind of matters what happens with the Bryce Thompson situation. I, I yep. do want to say, though, that, like, the Brady Manning thing, if he were to come back to Oklahoma, I think a lot of what happened last year would be a reason why. He wouldn't want... I mean, he's going to end up probably in the top 10 in scoring all time at OU if he did. I don't think that he'd want to leave kind of a legacy that that's how he went out. I It's it's kind of unfair what they were asking him to do at the end of the year. But Bryce Thompson yeah. is really interesting. Yeah, and, you know, Manic with that final game, that's not how he wants to go out either. Makes that first shot, and then he misses the, what, his next six or seven, and, and, and that's how his career ends with just that three-pointer to start – start the game and that's it so it, it'll be just curious to see his line of thinking you know this does it mean that much to him to try to finish what he started here or can he accept the fact that even though it was great the ending wasn't what he wanted but let's try to find you know this next chapter and see what what we can do there and with Bryce Thompson it, I don't know how great of a chance the students are going to have here but there's no doubt Porter Moser jumped on it as soon as Bryce hit the portal yesterday. He was in contact with Bryce and Rod, his uh, father, trying to get something set up. I, I think you got to look at Arkansas. I think if you're really going to stay closer to home and if Bryce feels like he was cheated at Kansas in the way that they 
didn't try to include him, didn't make him a focal point, then you have to look at Tulsa because he could get the ball 75, 80% of the time and no one's going to bat an eye. And that's the type of offense. If, if he wants to run, they would definitely do that. So, and again, North Carolina, another school that came calling to Thompson too. I think maybe you don't know your value until you're out there. So, you know, maybe you, you hit pause on him going to Tulsa because there's been so many schools that have reached out in the 24 hours, but you know, Sooners will make their play. I don't think it's going to be enough. And in the grand scheme of things, because they're so loaded with guards anyway, it won't be a, a huge hit to them. They still just somehow some somewhere going to have to find some legitimate bigs through the portal in the next week or two. Can you imagine if Arkansas added Bryce Thompson, they might be a legitimate. I mean, they yeah. already are a national title contender next year, but they could add him as well. My God. All right. Uh, by the way, just one quick uh, question. I know there's not much of a roster left, but any other danger of like an Emoji Gibson entering the pool? I know, right? You know, we're getting to this point where some of these guys you would just like to hear that they're still locked in. And Mo Gibson was the only player at Mojo's press conference last week, so people always feel very confident about that. I think the one to watch was Jalen Hill. There's no doubt because he's from Las Vegas. You got Kevin Kruger. You got Carlin Hartman. They're all going to Vegas. So you wondered if Jalen was going to make a move. But the longer you go, you start to feel that Moser's winning them over. You know, even though it's probably a tough situation initially for all those guys to accept that Lon's leaving and someone else is coming in. Porter, if you give him time, is going to win you over. And I don't haven't heard anything about Elijah Harkless second guessing or Mo or Jalen. And then you know when you add in Bijan. CJ, uh, Mason, and if you can get Harmon, I mean, you're loaded in the backcourt. It's just some, you just have to find those forwards and those centers. And, you know, we saw another one with Jonas kind of went off the board. They offered him Friday after he uh, backed out. Now he's committed to Tennessee. It's like there's so little options. So if you can get someone like a Christian Bishop from Creighton, and I know not everyone's thrilled about it, but that is the type of name that you need to get through this type of season. And I know Moser putting a lot of work there. We'll see if he can close that deal by the time we record next week. All right, good stuff. Josh, Any uh, anything you wanted to chime in with before we get out of here today? Uh, no, I mean, I did want to tell the uh, NCAA how impressed I was with their edict to uh, crack down on transfer portal logins. That's uh, what is their crucial problem? work they're doing I just there. don't understand what their problem is and how bad they look publicly. I thought Kersey asked the perfect question. Have you ever heard of a VPN? Like, it's not that hard to hide from you if you don't want to get caught. Like, I. Ugh. But really, that that's that's on the top of your priority list. Meanwhile, you have uh, something. And believe me, I'm not going to sit around and watch it. But it's ridiculous that they can't find a way to uh, get commentators for the women's volleyball tournament. It's like four different sites in Lincoln, Nebraska, and they're not going to put it up on, you know, their bullshit platform. It's kind of like the women's basketball tournament thing. It's ridiculous. Doing a bang up job. It's your feminism segment of the day. All right. Uh, appreciate it, guys. Enjoyed the show today. Uh, we'll be back again next week. Uh, until then, lots of spring football coming your way. Uh, we'll be talking to uh, Lincoln Riley tomorrow for the first time in a while, so it should be interesting to get his take on things. Uh, and then plenty of recruiting stuff still to come. Rivals camp's going on, and uh, we'll have all the latest, uh, uh, even more to come from Rivals Dallas that we haven't even got out there yet. So uh, stay tuned to the website. 
And uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll see you next time right here on the Unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com.